Yo, good day, gents and ladies, and welcome to another episode of RotaFest Detail Memoirs. And it is a special edition. It is continuation of our Business 101 series with, of course, Rod and me, and, and of course, St. Clair, the man, the man, myth, the legend, Mr. Prentice St. Clair. How are you today, buddy? The man, the menace. The menace. The menace? That's right. <laughs> you no. know what? I think we all have our menace phase. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Mine's been over 50 years, so, you know. <clears throat> yeah, hey, I got to show off my new shirts. There you the go. LA County, oh, LA County Fire Museum, where we did uh, Engine and Squad 51. Right. That's it's, cool. That's my logo. You know that one. And I got yeah. my Founders Club. And, right. And yeah. I got my, all my the IDA proudly wearing all my stripes, all the ones I can get. There you go. That's amazing, man. You need a longer yeah. sleeve. If the idea offers any more stripes, you're going to have to get a sleeve down to. I know. I should have had them like put it a little bit higher up so I could add more stuff. <laughs> well, and the idea will probably come up with stuff. You know, they have the Marine certification and all that fun stuff. So it's always continually, continually evolving, trying to help you guys up, up your game on the business side of things. And really that's the purpose of this series. Uh, I was looking back. We actually currently have 10 other episodes. So I will put a link to each one of those. Um, and we are talking about everything from insurance to scheduling to every little aspect of your business. And Prentice is kind enough to uh, give us of his time. And so that we can bounce ideas off to help you. Just remember it's one man's perspective. Okay. <laughs> well, it's actually three men's perspective. So obviously we're going to give you our experience and you're bringing your experience. And so today, what are we talking about? Talking about supplies. Supplies. How you, yeah. How do you make there sure you your supplies are always there? What do you need to start? Um, and, yep, uh, I see that a lot. I see that as a big question on forums is I'm thinking about opening a detail company. <laughs> what, what is the minimum that I need? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good thing. Um, you know, that's a good question. A, a minimum setup. Of course, it always depends on what you're going to do. Now, when I started, let me just tell my story. When I started, I was a mobile detailer and it made sense to me to start with car washing because it was a service that people really liked to have performed at their house. So they didn't have to go to the car wash. Um, and when I started full time, I already had a book of customers that I'd been taken care of on the weekends. So it was pretty easy for me to start there and then ask for referrals and, and increase that business. And pretty soon I got to the point where I had days and different, and we talked about this in the scheduling podcast, mm -hmm. days in different neighborhoods so that I could go to one neighborhood for one day, go to a different neighborhood for another day. I wasn't running all over the county, you know, from this appointment to that appointment to that appointment. Um, but that, you know, that initial um, setup was, was, minimal. Um, and, you know, I understand these uh, uh, detailers who get started and they look online and look at YouTubes and they look at Instagram photos and they see these, you know, six digit setups in a van or uh, <clears throat> and it looks great. And um, but boy, that's a lot of debt to carry when you're just starting out. And um, I found out early on and I'll, you know, full disclosure, um, I never had a water tank and I had a generator, but I really didn't use it very much. 
because I did a lot of uh, residential detailing. And honestly, nobody ever complained that I used their spigot and their power. Not ever once did somebody mm. say, well, you don't come with your own supplies. I don't understand. <laughs> in fact, usually it was the spigots over there and the outlets over there. Help yourself. And the fridge is in the back. It's got beer in it. No, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I didn't like to drink during when I was working anyway. But um, so, you know, if you're just starting out and you're um, consternated, is that a word? About, uh, you know, do I spend tens of thousands of dollars on tanks? pressure washing systems, pumps, generators, all this stuff. You don't have to do it that way. No. Yeah. Really the important stuff with detailing <clears throat> is the chemicals that you have and the small tools that you have. That's the important thing. That really makes the difference. You know, a, a, a small steam machine or even a small hot water extractor will get you through for years. It doesn't have to be some giant machine that, that you know, has 13 gallon capacity and and you know can can suck your socks off right yeah so right. Um, keep that in mind when you're just starting if you're on a budget you're better off establishing your reputation that's really what's important is your reputation of providing great service and so what you have on your rig or in your shop is not as important uh at the beginning now as you get more sophisticated and you have the funds to invest in in better equipment by all means we want to do that but carrying a huge debt load at the start of a business is, is, is just, it keeps you up at night. It's not good. Um, mm -hmm. Yep. And I do, I know some people that actually still to this day and they're not new, but they don't, they don't do, they have, they've removed washing from their um, list oh, yeah. of services. They, they do rinseless only. And it's specifically yeah. so they don't have to carry a tank. They have yep. a rinseless wash setup. They have a minimal amount of water just to dilute it and to mix it. And then they they are doing a lot of maintenance stuff where they don't have to. And it also saves time doing that. So, I, yeah. I mean, I'm not re recommending somebody does that out of the gate if they're the first time doing it. But, but it is one way you can get on a routine of doing maintenance washes with a rinseless wash and you have to carry a minimal amount of product. I got it. And more self-disclosure. I was um, hesitant about rinseless washing until about six months ago, honestly. And then I saw the system and how it works with drying towels, which are amazing. And I was sold. And it's, it is really a great way to wash cars, whether you're doing mobile, mobile washing or whether you're just getting the car ready for detailing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it is something definitely to consider and you reduce the amount of water that you have to use. Another thing about getting set up, whether you're going to be doing mobile or in a shop, um, it really pays to to talk with a, of somebody that is a recognized expert in the industry to help you make some of those decisions um, because you can buy the wrong stuff and then you have to buy it again because you bought yep. the wrong stuff or you buy stuff and you and it sits in the closet. You end up not using it only because some website said that this is what you need. So it really does pay, and it can be me or whoever. There's lots of great information out there, um, you know, to talk to somebody about that. Um, really what we're trying to do with our supplies is maximize our efficiency, which is how fast we get things done, and maxim maximize our effectiveness, which is how well it gets done. So my tagline for my consulting business, the consulting side of my business, 
is I want to help you get better results faster. That's what you want to achieve. So there are times when um, an investment in a piece of equipment will help you do that, get those better results faster, and it makes sense. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, when you're first starting up, you don't have to buy the biggest and the best and the baddest and the greatest. Um, just something that's going to work with you while you establish your reputation. And then when you have the money, you can um, upgrade your equipment and your systems. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to <clears throat> throw in there, which we, we talked about in one of the earlier first 10 of these, is the other thing people have got to do, whether you're just starting out or you've been doing it for 20 years, is make sure that you are charging for your supplies. You you, you know, washing your car, no matter what your price for a basic wash, it has to include your supplies and your consumables. If you're not doing that, you are leaving money on the table. You know, you're not, you're not doing this for free. And I don't care if you're charging $2,000 to wash a car, if you're charging 200, include your supplies, amortize that down. If you know that in a, a bottle of this stuff that you use, whatever soap you have, you can get X number of washes. You've got to put that into the price of your wash. Correct. Just, just, and so the, yeah, the foundation of the price is going to be your expenses. What does it cost? Um, to run the business, um, like you said, amortized across the number of clients you have. And then on top of that, it's going to be your time. Um, and then on top of that, it's going to be the value of the service that you want. Yes. That you're that you are providing. Mm -hmm. So maybe it takes me 30 minutes to do a, a wash on a car. Um, I'm not going to charge, you know, uh, an amount that equals 30 minutes of my time. It's going to start mm -hmm. with paying for the supplies then paying for my time and then paying for the value and the value, even of a mobile wash. Um, I think there's in general, there's the, the trend is to not charge enough for those, but yeah. you figure you're bringing the car wash to the customer. Right. And in your mobile wash, it, there should be all kinds of extra services like tire dressing and vacuuming and windows and all that, that you charge that typically you pay extra for at a car wash. So you're bringing all that to them. All they have to do is, is hand you the keys. So remember the value of it. Now, now we're in pricing. Okay, so let's let's yeah. back out of that again and, and get back into supply. Now, one of the important things um, in, in your supply is to try to build a, a relationship with a local detailing supplier or distributor. Okay, if you can get your stuff from one place, you're much better off. So you don't have to go all over town to get your stuff from different places. And that relationship, um, it, which, you know, will be built uh, hopefully on friendship and being cordial uh, and, and, and being loyal to that distributor can, um, can, can have benefits in the, in the future. You know, let's say you've, you've hit a rough spot and, you, you know, you need some help and maybe they can help you out. I don't know what that help looks like, but if you don't have that relationship, you got nobody to go to. And your mm -hmm. distributor wants you to succeed because that means you're going to come back and buy more stuff from them. So, and hopefully they're offering some kind of training along with the distributorship and showing you how to use the stuff um, to get the maximum benefit out of it. Uh, now, I will tell you that one of the early investments <clears throat> in detailing um, should be a ton of towels. Okay. Towels mm -hmm. are critical in detailing and you need to have separate towels for separate activities. The obvious one is windows. You've got to have separate towels for windows and they've got to be kept separate. Even when they're dirty, keep them separate. 
well, actually, especially when they're dirty, keep them separate. Wash them separately uh, and then store them separately when they're on your rig. Um, and how many towels should you have? In my opinion, you should have enough towels to have a, the, the day's supply uh, in your shop or on your rig, plus enough that can be in the dirty bin, plus a, another set that's in the washer being washed. So that's mm-hmm. probably three times that the towel of the amount of towels that you probably need for today's work. If that makes sense. Yep. So yeah, it it's going to co- cost a lot of money for that mm-hmm. initial setup of towels. And I think that people, um, this is, I'm glad you brought that up. We're going to be doing some segments on specifically just on microfiber this, this month. Um, but people have some, uh, some things that I think are important here. Towels are one of your supplies and you still in that part where you cover your overhead, you got to charge for your towels. They're going to wear out. Yeah. But as far as supplies go in towels, um, a lot of people are real critical about this company or that company, or I buy these, or I just buy the cheap crappy Costco ones. I think everybody has the cheap crappy Costco ones or what I call a utility towel. And they're great for exactly that for utility wheels, Mm -hmm. undercarriage, under the hood, the jam in the trunk, Mm-hmm. up where the hinges are where you know they're going to get nasty and they're going to get some some oil or grease on them things like that those utility towels are fine i have no problem i purchase costco towels and levi gates is a friend of mine i get tons of towels from the rag company we get some demo towels we get all kinds of stuff i have costco towels because i use them as a utility i would never put them on paint when i'm doing polishing no. it's not the function it's just like i look at it just like clothing your towels are like your clothes, okay? This is a T-shirt. I'm not wearing this to a funeral. I have a button-up shirt that I wear to a funeral. I don't clean, I don't clean cars in a button-up shirt with a tie. Different clothes, different function. Different towels, different function. And keep them separated. It's one of the reasons that all of the towel companies have different colors. So that yes. it's easy for us thick-headed guys to understand this color goes with polish. This color goes on wheel. And, well, and it's really, think, yeah, and colors are important, especially if you have employees too. So yeah. if you glance over and somebody's got a, got a, uh, whatever the color is, like uh, a, a gray towel on the windows, you go, dude, that's not a window towel. Dude, that's, that's not, not a window towel. towel. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And they, so and you should have, have, at a minimum, you need window towels. You need a towel that you use on interiors. Mm-hmm. You need a towel that you use um, on the painted body panels of the car. Yep. And then you need, um, like you said, sort of a utility towel. Uh, and then if you have a steamer and you use towels with that, you probably you just separate. white terry towels from, from your uh, regular big box store. So there's a lot of different towels. And then if you're doing coating, it's a whole different ball. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So a whole different set of towels that, that are only used in coating. Yeah. And then they go in the trash. Right. Well, they don't go to utility. They can be used a couple of times in their utility, then they're trash. Yeah, I've gotten around that. There's some really great microfiber, microfiber laundry detergents, just at least three companies that I know that have really great microfiber laundry. And if you soak those, um, those uh, coating towels in when that they're wet soap overnight, yes, right, okay. after, right yeah. after you use them, and then you throw it in the washing machine, you're going to recover at least two thirds of those towels. And remember <clears throat> the towel, if you fold it in, in, if you fold it twice, you've got eight surfaces. So what so do you that, use your that, coating that towels? Towel, that towel one in the coating Mm-hmm. is the is that that side is going to get crunchy but there's seven other sides you can use on that towel no reason to throw it away necessarily yeah just as yeah. long as you're doing it like like <clears throat> you're saying you've got your <clears throat> you've got a system and you know where it's going and that's right. i think that's it seems like a lot but it really does help 
in when you're talking about supplies and the cost of them. It's your biggest cost besides the equipment, besides a steamer, besides a, an extractor and it's besides huge. a polisher and your van. Yeah. It is your next biggest expense, but it's the one you go through the most. You go through yeah. a ton of those. And, you know, we've all taken a really nice towel and dropped it in the dirt and said, oh, OK, it's gone now. And, you know, and I'm done the guy that's picking the crust out of it going, I can I can I can make this work. I can make. But, you know, it never ends up on the paint again. But no. So but it could be utility tell. And I'll tell you, you know, um, I recently wrote an order for a six bay detail shop in New Jersey that we're helping to re uh, um, uh, refurbish. It's been they, they a six bay detail shop, 12 employees. They have one little small wall cabinet that's not even filled with towels. That's no. And I said, you guys are out of your mind. What are you doing? And they're complaining that they get, they can't get things done fast enough, and they're constantly trying fighting for towels. And so I wrote an order, and I think it's about six thousand dollars worth of towels that they're gonna that oh, I'm yeah. suggesting that they buy. Now they're not gonna have to buy towels for years if they do it the way I'm talking about, and if they maintain the towels, which is part of your supply routine. Is how do you maintain? Mm -hmm. it? Right, so and you, you mentioned get the right that. kind of laundry detergent. You cannot use powdered laundry detergent. You should not use your household laundry detergent. To wash your microfibers, you need to get the specialized laundry soap that's just for microfibers. It really works. Yeah, and I've seen some other people, uh, speaking of supplies and soaps, that will take pads and will soak them for a minimal amount of time in that same laundry soap. Sure. And then it is easier to clean them. And it helps longevity of your pads, which is something else that's expensive, yes. is your pads. And people yeah. talk about it all the time. Again, same thing. There's colors. There's different, you know, they're used for different things and everybody's got, you know, oh, it's cut like a waffle. It's got holes in it. It doesn't have holes in it. It's, it's so you, the same is true with your pads. You're going to want to take care of them, dry them out, have a good way of cleaning them. Yeah. Um, and keep and, a and constant you need, supply. You need a constant supply. A number. Uh, yes. You need a good number of each of the type of pads that, that you're going to use. You don't want to go chintzy and buy two at a time because you're going to need more than that. You you need more than two when you're buffing one car. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You need to change have your four and because you got to change them out in the middle of the job. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think you also have to account for the unexpected. Okay. We were doing Jody's oh, very boat. Good. We were doing the Jody's boat down at the rag company and he's got a back deck on it. And there's a little tiny edge that needed a little tiny. Pad. <laughs> All right. and, yeah. And it was gone. It just, it was just gone. He just took a wool pad and turned it into a little piece of Velcro Shreds. in 2.3 seconds. <laughs> so you've always got to account for that. I'm and laughing because we've all done it. Yeah. And you just, yeah. you grab another one. I, I destroyed a, um, a blueberry pad on a frame. I was polishing a um, powder coated frame on a hot rod and you know, it's powder coated. It's all smooth, right? No, there was a little welding burr sticking up. And as soon as I hit it, I just watched it turn to, it looked like I just exploded a Smurf. It just blew everywhere. Just, and it's gone. So yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah. It's 12 or 15 bucks down the drain, but okay, grab another one, move on. And, and especially if you're mobile and you don't have all of your supplies with you, you've got to take at least several backups with you in case something does happen. Yes. yes. And you don't know what you're going to come up against when you're out on the road. I hate being out on the road and not having, oh, darn, if I only had that, I could have charged extra to do this service. So it's always, it's always a balance because you don't want to carry everything. But on the other hand, you want to be prepared in case something comes up. So we've spoken about some equipment issues. We've spoken about towels, specifically pads. 
Um, how about <clears throat> chemicals? Let's talk about mm -hmm. chemicals. Yeah. Okay. The number one thing with chemicals I'm going to say is you should be buying your chemicals from a reputable, um, world-renowned uh, chemical supply company. And there's plenty of them out there. There's no excuses for, oh, I don't have a good supplier in my area. And if you got to order it online because you're in a remote area, you got to order it online. You cannot be going to the 99 cent store mm -hmm. or getting stuff from Kmart. Oh, I shouldn't say that. Well, Kmart's not around anymore. Or Sears. How about Sears? There you go. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? You can't go to the yes, yeah. store and buy your stuff and use, um, you know, little little bottles of stuff that you pay uh, probably four or five times that you should be paying for the quantity. Right. Um, you need to be using professional grade products. And uh, there's a number of reputable companies out there. There's uh, the IDA has a whole list of chemical suppliers that you can go to to figure out where you want to where you want to get that. But not only is that important from the standpoint of using products that were designed to do what we, we are doing, but also, you know, that that company is going to stand behind you uh, when you have issues with the chemicals. You can call them up and say, hey, I don't understand why this isn't working right. Uh, but also it looks good, too. So if I show up with um, a bottle of glass plus and some uh, Dow scrubbing bubbles and, you know, whatever else you want to get from the store, the customer is going to be like, wait a minute, I got that in my closet. What, yep. what yeah. am I underneath my sink? I should say to, to clean my house with and you're using that on my car. So you need to have that. <clears throat> also, we need to work with stuff that um, is dilutable. So if you're using, whenever you're using a water-based product, it's, you get the best value by far if you buy um, that product in a concentrated form and then you do, do the dilution. Now, I talk about this all the time in training is, um, you know, a gallon of water weighs 8.3 pounds. It costs a lot of money to ship 8.3 pounds. So if I buy one gallon of ready to use, uh, say, glass cleaner, OK, I'm going to pay for 8.3 gallons of weight to get that or 8.3 pounds of weight to get that to my door right. or i can buy a product that's dilutable four to one and get and pay the same amount of shipping but i in, in essence end up with five gallons of workable product because i can mix the water in myself right i think one of the things that's important especially about dilutable products is that you follow the manufacturer recommended dilutions right how many times have you and I been at somebody's shop and it's way too concentrated and they're wondering why yeah. it's smearing or whatever. So, and, and that not only helps you, you know, provide a better service, but it also helps you on the supply usage. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. We're all standing around the wheel while Sam sprays um, acid wheel wash on the wheel. And, and we're wondering why we're all coughing. And I asked Sam, what, what the heck? Did you dilute that? I was, yeah, eight to one. I diluted it eight to one. Eight parts water and one part acid. No, no, he did eight parts acid and one part water. Water. Oh, geez. Yeah. So, yeah, with the dilutables, always the bigger number is water. Just remember that. Right. So, yeah. Right. And I think that's um, important. With dilutables also, you can, you can buy dispensing equipment now. Either um, uh, dispensing equipment that goes on a shelf. You can get um, <clears throat> carboys with spigots. And dilute it yourself and have it ready to go so you just take your secondary spray bottle up and fill it up it's already diluted you don't have to like measure it out and pour it in and spill some and then try to fill it up and you got suds everywhere and all that no get a pre a preset dilution system and like i said it can just be a matter of gallon or five gallon containers on the shelf with spigots 
uh, or it can be one of the newer um, actual wall-mounted dispensing systems, which will save you a lot of time. Right, and a lot yeah, of and and I would say I would recommend um, two things. One is have that dilution and have that mix done if you're mobile prior to going yes. to the customer's yes. place. Nothing looks less professional than you out there fumbling around trying to mix chemicals. You're still you obviously straight on their driveway. Yeah, there's there's going to be a day where that might happen, and you might want to have a, a little bottle of the undiluted with you just in case. But get the dilution and everything done, have it in a bottle so that it looks professional. And so that when you pull up and you set up your thing, everything's lined up, all the chemicals are there and you look like you have your stuff together. Right. Um, and Couple there, points on that. Yeah. Uh, if you have multiple people you know, um, filling up their uh, secondary use bottles, you should have one person that's in charge of the dilution station. Okay. And that it's either yeah. the manager or in a larger uh, shop, situation i i suggest that there's a there's a shop manager who who you know it's kind of like the old hall monitor in school yeah shop monitor that person makes sure that all the dilutables are diluted correctly and they make sure all the supplies are in place and all that so that you don't have six seven eight ten employees doing their own thing every time they go get go to get something it's all right, right. it's almost like they have to check stuff out yeah. Right. Because some people like to mix a little more. And if you're yeah. doing stuff like a like a rinseless wash, mixing a little more can leave a ton of residue. And right. then you've got a product that you don't think is working, but it's because you've mixed it wrong. There's a reason that it's four to one or eight to one or whatever. Yes. It's And that reason is so that you get the correct dilution every time. And the product is consistent. I mean, nobody likes an inconsistent product, but if you're just sort of, yeah, that's good enough and you go. You know, that's not going to work. You've got to have well, measurements. You've got to, at the very least, you've got to have a measuring cup that you can put it into and mix it the right way. Yeah. And, and the other reason that it's um, set up at that dilution rate is you better believe that that company has spent time beta testing and and checking that dilution rate ratio with actual detailers out in the field to make sure that's the, the best one to work with. So if you change it, if you make it more concentrated, you're you're just causing yourself trouble. You know, at the most, if you make it less concentrated, that I'd rather do that than make it overly concentrated. But there, you might be losing some effectiveness of the chemical just because you're being cheap. You don't want to use as much concentrate. But if you're if it's causing you to spend more time cleaning the car, you're not saving anything. Yeah. And really, let's be honest. If you're paying twenty bucks for for a gallon of stuff that's diluted sixteen to one. You're not saving any money by by adding a, by trying to dilute it more than that. It's so cheap at that point anyway, uh, per use that that it doesn't matter. So the secondary bottles, your dispensing bottles, either your trigger sprayers or your little ketchup bottles, um, those all need to be labeled as well. Uh, and that's that's federal law. That's OSHA. Um, and um, the easy way to get by that is to work with a company that has pre-labeled bottles. That's the best way to do it. The, the labels have all the information on that they're supposed to, how to use it, what to do if there's an accident, um, you know, all the safety information. And so it's all right there. When you buy those bottles once, you probably never have to buy them again. And it looks yeah. too. You open up the back of your rig or your shop has, you know, your carts with all these pre-labeled bottles on them. They all look the same. Not you don't want them to all look exactly the same, but you know what I mean? It all yeah. has the same brand name on it. It all has yeah. the same look. They look it. uniform. Yep. Yeah, uniform. And it looks really professional. It's very, very cool. So then what about what about making sure you have enough of each product on hand uh, when you go back to your supply cabinet? Um, 
And what I like to do is, is with that is um, have a cabinet which has my concentrates in it or, you know, my supply of chemicals. Um, my operation is pretty small, so usually the gallons are just fine for me. There's no sense in me trying to store five gallon containers. It's just I might save a lot of money, but it, it's, it's not worth it in the, the space that I'd have to dedicate. So a friend of mine uh, and his father um, owned a couple of McDonald's franchises, very successful. Uh, and he he told me about this concept in McDonald's. They have a build to build to supply philosophy. And that is when you go to that cabinet, and you open it up, everything's in order and you've got in one column the number of gallons that you need to, to, to never run out. OK, so for me, small operation, just myself and one employee, usually it's the gallon that we're pouring off of and the backup behind it. So how does this work? As soon as I finish up that front gallon, I order another one. Right. So we never, we never uh, get down to a low supply in that second gallon. There's always a one in back of it ready to go. Yep. So it, it, I've been doing this now for a couple of years and it is so, it takes all the stress out of it. It's so great. I can just go at any given time. I can go in the cabinet and say, okay, we need a gallon of that. We need a gallon of that. We need a gallon of that. Boom. Done. Put it on yep. the order, get it shipped in. And um, the, 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 if you want, if you're a large organization or you want to do it electronically, um, you can use software that does that in 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 the world of selling at a C store, right? Your 7-Eleven, Quickie Mart, whatever, they call it a par value, which is what you just said. So Prentice's par value is to have a full gallon and, and, and one they're pouring off of. And the second that that one goes away, so when your inventory hits one, the par value of one, you reorder. Goes on you want to take all the guesswork out of it, you put it into a software program and the software tells you when to order. You wouldn't know a software program. That I do. Work. I know. I one. Just, you know. So you're going to see a red button that tells you you need to order. And that's really yes. important. Whether you're using that method or the, the road automated method, method, you need to understand how much chemical you need for each thing. I, I cannot emphasize this. We were at a big very, operation. Very we were at an operation at a very large dealership in Tampa, Florida. They had 11 or 12 bays. 12 bays. And we showed up, it was nine o'clock in the morning and the entire company ran out of tire dressing at a Ford dealership on a Friday. Unbelievable. And we're yeah. all looking at each other going, really? you gotta be kidding How me. is this possible? How, yeah. yes. How is this even possible? So, um, well, it's probably because they didn't have one person in charge of it. Yeah. And right. With dealerships. I mean, a dealership's a whole different ballgame. It could yep. have been that that person didn't have purchasing power either. Correct. So they, yeah. You can't order it. They have to go through three other people to place yep. an order, which is ridiculous. That's a whole different story. Yeah. So, but, but if, you're, if day, you have your own operation, yeah. there's no excuse for running out of stuff. Yeah. You, you should always have enough on hand. Right. Always, always, always. And I would recommend having every one of your supplies that way. You, yes. Even yes. like you said, your towels. You had a, you had a method yes. for towels. This is a stack for a day. This yes. is my backup stack. And then there's an identical stack on the truck. So I know I've got three days. And when there's, I probably get loaded, a stack, there's probably a stack in the dirty towel bin yep. and maybe a stack in the, in the, in the laundry. So you, you're never running out of towels. Yep. Pads are the same way. Yeah. Everything is the same way. Um, yeah. I think that all of those supplies, and I don't care if it's tire dressing or if it's compound or if it's ceramic coating, if you're going to be booking ceramic coatings, you can't have one on hand. Yeah, I, I see. So I you see. Gotta have at least time. two. I tell people yep. if you're doing a ceramic coating, you should have at least two kits. Because what if you drop the bottle? 
What if you get three quarters of the way through the application and you run out because that it, the ceramics is, is, is flowing out that day for whatever reason. So you better have that second. Now, a couple of points on, on supply too is number one, I can't tell you how many people I've bailed out here in San Diego, successful quote unquote detail operations. Oh my God, we ran out of dressing. Can you bring me a gallon of dressing? Guess what? Well, they paid for me to do that. I'm not. Just, oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I'll help a brother out, but but it's my time. But um, you know, especially the ceramic coatings, I don't get it. These guys that buy one ceramic coating at a time, and they're constantly coming to me. I need another ceramic coating. It's like, what are you doing? Why don't you have ten in your cabinet? Yeah, and you don't have to worry about it because he's spending. He, he's taking a trip every single time that he needs a coating instead of ordering in ten. And then you only have to take a trip once, once every what? A couple of months. Yeah. So, I yeah. think that's a really important thing. Too. Here's the other thing. If, if you're worried about, well, I don't want to spend that much. I don't want to have that much stuff on hand. No, you're going to use it. You're not spending any extra money. You're going to use it someday. So right. why run out of it and cause a problem? I think that I think that's a really important point. I Just a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to one of our customers and he's it's been really fun to work with him because he started as a single guy operation. Now he's got 12 guys and he finally hired a bookkeeper. And one of the things that the bookkeeper, the accountant said is like, look, you're not planning for your supply usage. Yep. He goes, what do you mean? She goes, well, how much product are you using at each one of your locations? He goes, I have no idea. I just, when we run out, I buy, I go order somewhere. I run down right to your point. He's wasting the time to right. go buy product when he needs it. And so she and I and him, we're now working together to go, all right, what kind of inventory supply process yes. in storage do we need to have in place to have all of your operations run smoothly and not run out of product? Right. So, and, and that's where the, the software comes in. Um, but you know, if, if, you know, if you're, you're not ready to invest in the software, um, essentially when you think of a build to system or a par system, yep. it's, 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 it's exactly what you're talking, what that person said. I wait till I run out and then I order more, except you always have the extra. Right. Right. It's, right. It's right. always there. When yep. I run out of that first gallon, that's when I order. Right. And yeah. so you can do that. There. The year if you're two, going down to your last drop of product, that is the wrong way to do it. You can't yes. doing it that way. Year what, two, if, what if there's a shortage? Mm -hmm. Right? You, yeah. you you call your favorite company. They've been there for five years, and you call. Oh shoot, we have a shortage of that. We, it's going to be uh, three weeks before we can get any to you. No, now what do you got to do? You're going to yeah. have to go down to the auto parts store and buy stuff. See, and and if I let's say let's say this is my year two, and I know how many ceramic coatings I did last year, and I want to increase. But I know last year I did six total. I'm just starting mm -hmm. out. I did six ceramic coatings. I'm going to order three and I'm going to go through the first couple months and I'm going to advertise. I'm going to market. I'm going to go to my leads groups, friends, referrals, and I'm going to try to get those three booked out. But as soon as I have two booked out, I'm going to order the other three. Yeah. Because I know that I want to go ahead and do that. I'm going to get two booked. I need more because I'm only yeah. going to have one backup. I got two jobs and you just have to keep it in your mindset. And, and I, and I think that is a, that is a, I think that is a huge thing for people to realize is that you're going to burn through those. It may seem like, Oh man, I don't want to order six ceramic coatings at once. And you're like, yeah, but if you look at last year's books, you did five yeah. that left you with one backup. So 
you're going to want to get in there and try to make sure that you are it's in inventory management. They call it just in time, right? Yeah. I don't want to have a bunch on hand, but I want it just in time. I want that inventory there. So anticipate that. Look at your quarterly, look at your half a year, every six months, look at your eight months, whatever, and try to anticipate when you're going to need to order that stuff so that you have it on hand. Yeah. And just in time has been a great model for a number of decades. Um, you know, companies used to spend tons of money, warehousing, backup supplies. Mm-hmm. And the just in time concept is no, I'm going to work with my suppliers to always have the just the right amount of product to manufacture what I need to manufacture today. And the supplier is always bringing in just the right amount. There's a lot to be said with that. But there's also the importance of having enough backup in case the supplier can't deliver it for whatever reason. And these days, right. really, just in time is a dangerous model because yeah. we don't know what the next shortage is going to be. Right, okay, right. So if you're a detail shop, now this doesn't mean you need to have cabinets and cabinets full of five gallon containers again it's just that amount that you need to operate plus the one extra piece right extra supply so that when you run out of that first one you've got the backup and you can place the order so that's really important as well yeah Um, now other other supplies that you want to think about is supplies that make your your working easier for example in a detail shop we often recommend having a detail cart so you can build that cart to take it over to the vehicle and move around the vehicle with whatever the activity is that you're working on at that moment. If you're doing polishing, it's the place where you put your polisher, where you have your backup pads, your cleaning tools, your compounds and polishes, your towels. It's all there on one cart. In my, in my opinion, there should be nothing on the ground. No towels, no trash, no bottles, no machines. Everything should be on a cart or on a table or somewhere, but not on the ground. So that type of thing, you can also have um, like a, a housekeeper's caddy, you know, the, the thing that has uh, two, two wells and a handle in the middle. And you've got your, let's say you have an interior caddy, you have your interior cleaners, some scrubbing devices, some towels for the interior. You grab that out of your cabinet and bring it over to the car and you have everything you need to do the inside of the car. Okay. Instead of walking back and forth to the cabinet or even to the cart um, or back to your mobile rig. You've got you just pull it out of your mobile rig and it's ready to go. So you can have different kits for different activities on the car like that. Um, and then so, uh, you know, like a, uh, I have basically my detail shop is on one of those Rubbermaid three shelf carts with bins on the sides. Everything that we need to use on on an everyday detail, that stuff that we use daily is on that cart. Specialty items that we only use every once in a while that might be in the backup cabinet. Okay, but I'm not going to that cabinet every time I do a detail. um, And so that cart, we can wheel to wherever the car is and we're ready to go. Okay, Mm -hmm. so backup supplies are important. Um, Make sure that when you're buying things like uh, power supply, like extension cords, go to a reputable company that sells extension cords. There's a couple online. There's a couple of favorites and spend the money on good extension cords. Okay, don't go cheap on extension cords because number one, you need to have the right amperage delivered to wherever you're working. And usually that's going to be a 12-3, what we call a 12-3 um, with, a, with a triple plug. It has the, the ground and the two regulars. Um, and it's nice to have a tri-tap at the end of it, lighted. It's always good to have lighted because you can see whether you got power or not right away. You don't have to guess. 
uh, and and a 12.3, which is the rating, um, is going to give you full power however long that extension cord is. If it's 25, 50, 100 feet, 12.3 is going to give you the right power. Because if you're not, if you don't have the right power, it puts a strain on your machines. And also that's where you're going to be tripping um, circuits because it's pulling so much amperage to try to drive the power through that little tiny thin cord. You know, if you're using 18 gauge or 16 gauge versus a 12 gauge, nice big fat, you know, uh, extension cord. So even stuff like that is important to, to, to go big first, the first time. So you don't have to fight with it uh, for years. Yep. Absolutely. <clears throat> then you talk about uh, maintenance of, you know, so part of supply is maintenance, keeping your supplies maintained. We talked about, um, well, no, we haven't talked about that yet. If you're mobile, you want to come back and each day at the end of the day or, you know, early in the morning, whatever works for you, resupply your, your, your rig. Make sure all your dilutables are poured off. Make sure you got a supply of towels. Make sure the machines are all ready to go. Whatever you're going to need for that day and a little bit extra, make sure that's all ready to go. Um, make, um, we talked about towels. Then you talk about laundry. Definitely get that uh, microfiber laundry detergent that's available. Yep. Um, definitely run full loads. Um, if, if you have a choice in washing machines, you really want a full water uh, washing machine for cleaning microfiber towels. You want them to get soaking wet so they can open up. All those little millions of microfibers can open up and release all the dirt. Um, and if you have an efficiency machine, it's not going to be as effective yeah. for, for cleaning those towels, unfortunately. We'd like to save water, but... Yeah. And that them. one, one um, tip I got on that was to do with pre-soaking, because if you have yes. a machine that's an HE and it's the front load um, and it's not going to be a full immersion, uh, pre pre-soak your towels. So they're wet yeah. when you put them in and then they've already done a little bit of that opening up, especially if you're putting them in the detergents, they've, they've got some of that detergent in there already. And then you put them in there and they have a better chance of getting clean. That's a valid point. Yeah. Yeah. Full immersion. That's the right term. I like that term. Um, so we talk about laundry and then you also want to have maybe a weekly or a monthly equipment review, uh, mm -hmm. depending on how, you know, how much work you're doing out of your rig or out of your shop where you're just taking the time to go through each piece of equipment, make sure the cords are okay. Maybe clean them up a little bit, detail your equipment, um, whatever maintenance normally needs to be done. Like on a hot water extractor, you typically want to run extractor cleaner through it. Um, and make sure that all that calcium buildup is out of there. Check to see that everything's working right. You know, even even as stupid as um, oiling the, the wheels on the extractor or on your carts so that they move easily. Um, you know, all that monthly maintenance uh, that that's going to help keep your operation running uh, efficiently and effectively. And then one other thing too, as you as you start to increase your um, your volume where uh, you, it might make sense to have backup equipment. So let's say you rely heavily on a steam machine for cleaning carpets and fabric seats. Uh, at some point it may make sense to have a second machine as a backup because they do break down once in a while and boy, it sure is a hassle and you have to send that sucker in for repair yeah, um, yeah. without it for two or three weeks. I mean, it just, <clears throat> wow, that's a big, big deal. So and same yeah. with your polishers. One of my favorite polish well i won't say it doesn't matter what the but the brand is but i've got two of them because i love them so much i use them every single detail we use them so well, we've got a couple and if one breaks down i got to send it in for service i've got another one ready to go 
Yep. And I, the- I think one of the things too, you mentioned maintenance, right? And mm-hmm. I think that is something that we all tend to ignore, whether it's in our equipment or even in our body, right? How many of you guys are investing in a simple thing like a stool? Yeah. Or knee pad, you know, your little yeah. knee pads that you can sit and kneel down. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of times those type things are overlooked as well, because ultimately you are the machine if mm-hmm. you're the one doing the detailing. Right. So make sure that you're investing in equipment that makes your job easier and gives you the longevity that you're wanting out of your career. Right. Yeah. And I will make a, a specific example of that. Um when I think it was in the first year that I was full time in my operation, I needed a stepladder. So I went and I bought um, the typical, I don't know what you call this one, but it's got straight on one side and then it's got the frame, you know, sort of like this. Yeah. And I got I got the one. Well, that one's 45. This one's 15. I'll get the $15 one. Guess who fell off that stepladder the first time I used it? Yep. So I went right back. I returned that and I got the $45 one. I still have that stepladder that I bought in 1995. That's how good it is. So uh, stepladders, get the good ones. Spend the money on it. A good small stepladder can cost as much as $150. But if you get a quality one, you're going to have it for your entire detailing career. And it serves you very well. And I think people don't realize that as you're younger, you don't think about it. all. just If I'm doing trucks, I'll just jump in and out of the back of the truck. Your knees aren't going to take that. 10 days in a row, get a step ladder, <laughs> get up and down. You got to start thinking about that early on knee pads and things like that, where you can, you, you know, you don't have to go buy, uh, uh, like you said, you buy the good equipment when you need to extension cords, polishers, products. You, I know when we were, well, we're out at Jamie's place in Jamie Buchanan and he's got three separate buildings. He's got a bunch of foam pads. And if you need to just throw something in the dirt and kneel down, don't waste your knees. Throw down yeah. this foam pad and kneel on top of it. Absolutely. And, but when it comes to something that you're going to use every day, day in, day out, spend the money. Wait yes. till you have the amount of money to buy the good one and then take care of it. A little bit of oil on a ladder. Yeah. Make yeah. sure you oil your polisher, not over don't, oil. Don't it. put the oil on the steps. Uh, uh, no, 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 not at all. That might, yeah. <clears throat> no, but just but on do the, the just on the just on the uh, hinges. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. like on a polisher. I don't know a lot of people. You you got to read the directions. You're gonna take that backing plate out and you put uh, and follow the manufacturer of your polisher's recommendations. A couple of drops to keep all the moving parts from wearing out. It will. Right save you tons of money in the end from not wearing that thing out. So, yeah. Yeah. There are certain things that I really think you, you need to spend top dollar on right away. And that's a, a step ladder. And I think extension cords are two of those things. You, you can't go cheap. You got to buy the best yeah. from the beginning. Other stuff, you know, you can get an inexpensive steam machine. Um, it's going to break at some point and it's not going to do that great of a job, but if that's all you can afford, that's going to be okay. You'll make it work. And then, then when you establish that reputation and your pricing is right, so you can save some money, then you can buy the the, the inst- institutional grade machines yeah. that most of us use. So um, that's important. So uh, let's see. I, I I have everything on my list covered. Is there anything else? We uh, need to I, I think I think we hit it pretty well, right? Yeah, I um, think I think we covered like all of the basic and all of the even even some of the advanced supplies in general. There's other things, right? There's if you write paper receipts, make sure you have plenty of them. If you have um, shirts, one of the big ones is if you're logoed up, 
have an extra clean shirt. Yes. How many times has one of us opened a bottle of something and had it just <laughs> all over the, yeah. you know, oh, it's metal polish. <laughs> and now that black shirt is gray. So have an extra shirt, have yep. a towel, a, a regular Terry towel in your vehicle to wipe yourself off, to look presentable for your Each next towel. job. Just because your job number three of the day doesn't mean you get the worst version of me. So you what to- you're talking about is, is, is something I call personal care supplies. Yes. Yes. You need to have Absolutely. all that with you. You need to have, I, I carry a, oh, wait a minute. I got, no, that's all right. It's too far away. I got a little pill case. I have all the different pills that I've ever used, you know, diarrhea pills, um, Advil, um, yep. gas pill, whatever it might be that occasionally you, you suffer from. So you don't have to stop work, ask the customer, go to the drugstore or the corner store. Yep. It's there. You can take care of your issue, still be comfortable and do your work correctly. Um, you know, um, yep. And I, and I recommend the other one on personal care, personal, yes, a hat for us bald guys. We always have 10 of them. Um, an extra jacket, just in case it gets yeah. cold wherever you're at. Extra and, pair of pants. Yeah, extra pair of pants. And no less than 64 ounces of water at all times oh, yeah. for your personal use. Don't go anywhere without water. The worst thing you want is, hey, can I borrow some water? Or what? It, just just take your stuff with you. <laughs> Drinking out of the hose. Yeah. yeah. Take no, whatever you need. I, um, being mobile and and spending a lot of time on the freeways. Fortunately, I don't have to do that as much as I used to. But um, there was a situation years ago here in San Diego, for some where some crackpot woman decided to, uh, I don't know what she did. She waved a gun at a police officer or something in the high speed chase, or and then she ended up stopping on the freeway somewhere. And of course, they're not just going to come out and guns blazing and take her down. So guess what? It was 105 degrees. And she's stuck on the freeway. Everybody behind that person was stuck in their cars. And guess what? Have very few of them had water. They were like local neighbors, like throwing water bottles over the fence. So wherever I go, I've got extra water in the car. Always. I just put it in the back trunk. You know, yeah, it's not, it may not taste that great at that, at that point, because it's been sitting in there for three, four, five, six months, but it's better than nothing. So, oh yes, yeah. Better than sitting there with cotton mouth. Always keep something in the car. Always, <laughs> yeah, always, good. always. Blankets, water, hats, all that kind of stuff. Because at the end of the day, you want to be completely oh, self-sufficient when you're on the yeah. road. And this is in your shop as well. Keep stuff yeah. like that in your shop, even if you're brick and mortar. You got to have a way to be able to do that, so you're not always running around driving and wasting your time. And you just you just reminded me of something too. The the important supplies. How about um, emergency supplies? How yeah. about the first aid kit? Yeah, um, your yep. first aid kit needs more than just some band-aids and a triple antibiotic in it. You need to buy some of those those big um, absorbent pads for major injuries. You know, you you just never know if you've got a real bleeder. Um, you cut yourself, you get a real bleeder, a little uh, a, a little uh, band-aid's not going to take care of that. So you need those good first aid pads, sterile pads. What, my dirty utility towel's not going to work? The one that you just used <laughs> on, the, yeah, on the seats. Yeah, that'll be yeah. I like the window towels because that ammonia burns your head. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. But that, and how about a fire extinguisher? Yep, yep, absolutely. Right? right? Yeah, you could have a little engine fire that'll ruin your day, but if you can put it out, you're okay. Yeah. I've, I've put out two. Really? I put out two engine fires. Yes. No kidding. Yep. Both with small fire extinguishers. One of them, really? the entire engine was engulfed in flames. Did you now? How did you do it? Did you leave the the um, hood down and just go through the? 
I I had uh, the one of them. The hood was wide open to start with. That was the easier one, um, except for the guy that owned the car was on fire. And the second one, the hood was closed. And so I hit the latch while somebody popped it and I stuck my hand in there, popped the hood open. Who that's risky. So yeah, there's a lot of gas in the back of no, that thing. There is a lot. Yeah, the geez. so you got to get you, it out. Uh, and it was at a storage facility. The second yeah. one was at a storage facility. I don't you. know what don't know what would have burned up, but yeah. Um, be all careful. my cars have fire extinguishers in them, you know, because yeah, it, it, this goes all the way back to to like I don't know 1985 or something. I was I was driving uh, on a road. I was going out to some place, and I'd be coming back later. And I remember passing by a van. The guys were had the hood open and there's a little bit of something vapors coming out of there and they're scratching their heads, looking at it, trying to figure it out. By the time I came back an hour later, the thing was a burned out Hulk. And if they had had a fire extinguisher, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. that's also, that's for your vehicle, but also the customer vehicle. What exactly. if oh, yeah. I mean, if you, if you accidentally do something and you cause a customer's car to catch on fire, I would much rather pay for a little bit of damage from a fire extinguisher yeah. on the interior than pay for a whole new car. Yes. There's that. And then the other one too is um, some way to jumpstart the car. Mm. Oh, that's good point. That's yep. another good one. Yep. Cause you're yeah. always, you're going to run into probably one out of 10 times. Um, somebody has a bad battery and yeah, that, that's uh, you go to start that car when you're done detailing it and it's got nothing. Yeah. And there's a, there's another cool thing that you can have. You can have roadside service that offers battery exchange. Yeah. Uh, I've used that a number of times for customers' cars because, um, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll be halfway through a detail. We just need to move the car and it won't start. Uh, you put the jumpers on uh, the uh, charger on it and it still doesn't start. And then you look at the battery and realize, oh, it's a six-year-old battery. Yeah. Okay. So you call a customer and say, hey, look, I can have my my roadside service come out, change this out. You know, it's my account, but it doesn't matter what car I'm with. And and I'll just put that on your bill, whatever that charge is. And they love it. Like, oh, great. Then I don't have to worry about that. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. And the uh, the one that you mentioned that I'm going to mention to people, make sure we all have a smartphone now, but make sure you look up for any particular car before you start diving. If it has a problem, I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, Early Porsche 996, 997s, and even maybe the point ones, the trunk or the frunk does not open if the battery's dead. And there's a special way to pull out a little pin and jump with a jump starter. You can give it just enough juice to pop the hood. You don't want to be prying on the hood or something, trying to get into it. So do your research, find out what you need to do. A lot of higher end cars up under the wheel well will have a cable that you can pull if the trunk dies or if the battery dies and the battery's in the trunk. So just do some research before you start digging into something. Yeah. There you go. Well, that's cool, man. This was a really phenomenal discussion. I think it's one that a lot of new business owners don't really think about. And even, you know, after many years, they haven't really figured out a system, a way to manage it. So I think it's a really, really important topic. We well, it's, to- it's good for existing uh, operators, too, oh, yeah. that maybe yep. are struggling with certain things. Man, we're always running out of this. We're always running out yep. of that. The, it seems like the guys spend a lot of time, you know, resupplying. Well, you got to figure out why that is and change it, you know? Yep. So, yep. well, thank you so much, um, guys. If you don't know Prentice St. Clair, I'm surprised, but uh, he is part of the IDA. He runs a consulting company, detailingprogress.com is his detailing. There's his phone number. 
And uh, of course, you got me and Rod who are always willing to help. If we don't know the answers, we know the people to get the answers. And uh, we just appreciate you guys tapping in every week. Anything yep. you've got? Gotta... Nope. Tune in again. We'll have another couple of these. And if there's any topics that you want to see us bring up, let Prentice or ourselves or anybody shoot us an email, text, smoke signal, whatever you need to do to get a hold of us. And we will be glad to bring up that topic. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe. subscribe. I mean, we are really trying to build the YouTube <clears throat> channel. So please go out there, subscribe, and uh, because it helps us reach more people. And we want to thank you guys for tapping in. And we will yep. check you same time just next, next week right here on Detail Memoirs. Thanks. See Thanks, Prentice.